are listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, we've got a big crew back again this time. Uh, so let's just kind of go around the horn here. Let's see. Joining me tonight is uh, Jennifer Hetzel, uh, Chris and Ray Andrew, and uh, and Mandy Joe. You're back. Thank goodness. We missed you last time. Yeah, I'm glad to be caught up. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, so since we... Go on. How'd you, how'd you like doing the intro without uh, a certain somebody... <laughs> oh, well, you know. I, I miss it. I, I do miss I do miss Cyrus. That was, that was kind of fun last episode. <laughs> yeah. Um... How is everyone since we last talked? It's been a month since we recorded an episode. Well, not quite a month. We were a little late last time, but uh, anything of interest happening to anyone? Uh, we're getting ready for winter. <laughs> <laughs> Already? Chopping wood. Chopping wood and, and stacking, stacking it wood. all up. And <laughs> there you go. Meanwhile, uh, it's over 100 degrees in Texas. Yes. Yes, it, it is. It was terrible today. It wasn't yeah, too bad. We were, we were probably close to 85, 90. In or outside of the house? Outside. outside. Okay. It was, a little bit it was probably about 80 in the house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I went I went down to the coast with the family, and um, we, we did Airbnb at a place right there on the beach. And for whatever reason, I guess the people who were there before us uh, ran the air conditioner down too low and froze Frozen. it up. And so it was 80 degrees in the house at night when we were trying to sleep and it was just it was miserable so yeah it's not fun no not fun at all so um well let's go and get started with our 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 book for the evening tonight we're doing uh book three in the magic 2.0 series um this one is uh an unwelcome quest uh before we get started um i guess just go around like we normally do just in general um, well, I, I guess before I ask what your th- thoughts on the book were, um, up to this point, are you still, or are you interested to see where this series is going? Did you have any thoughts as to where you thought the series was going or were you just like, no, I'm just here for the ride. I, I still have a theory where it's going, but I don't want it to go where I, I hope it's kind of like lost where I don't get answers for certain. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's that's perfectly acceptable. Anyone else want to jump in? I'm along for the ride. I have yeah. no predict. I don't know. I don't. Ca- I'm just happy to be on the ride. <laughs> right. No. I, I. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. So. Um. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Okay. So, uh, it, it, with that said, I guess let's just go ahead and, 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 well, no, I'm sorry. There is one piece of business we have to take care of before we move into this book. Uh, Mandy was not able to join us on the previous episode and we primed her before the show started. Uh, we, we had a question. We got to a point in the last book where basically all of the male wizards are showing off. And um, and their and their uh, attempt to capture Nilo, and it, it it there was a very quick uh, line that was drawn in the sand, and Ray and I were clearly on the li- on the side of. This is exactly how I would handle this situation. Like I'd be throwing my most wacky goofball fucking. Um, if you uh, got power, you got to show it. Exactly, I would definitely be doing that. Um, we, we would definitely be using our 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 powers to. 
mess around and have a good time with this guy. Jennifer basically was like, oh, boys. <laughs> you guys are idiots. <laughs> um, which Which is kind we of didn't how, deny. We didn't right, deny. we did not, no, did not deny it at all, and that's actually how it kind of comes down in the book. There's a, there's a part where, you know, the, all of the women are talking, and they see these bright flashes and all this stuff's going on across town, and they're like, what is going on over there? And she's like, none of the boys. So, uh, with that said, um, we kind of got Chris's response um, last. Uh, we we talked a little bit after our, our other show on Saturday night, and uh, you came down on the same page as us, right? Like you were going to use the magic powers and yeah. Have... <laughs> um, so the question is, Mandy, where would you come down on this? Would you be would you be with the guys or would you be with the ladies? Oh, I'd be with the ladies. But are we talking about, like, actually stopping Nilo or when we're done and we just still want to have our giant form just to show off? Uh, either or both. Stopping him, yeah. Stopping him. Yeah. Um, my. Have y'all seen Colossal? Uh, no, I have not. I know which one you're talking about. No, I have not seen it. Okay, that's what popped in my head when I heard it. It was just, like, be this giant thing that can stomp on a city. But, like... Um, <laughs> Of, like, I would definitely be on the girls' side of all of that. That whole situation, I would have been on Thank the balcony you. with the girls. <laughs> but, Thank um, you. But this parade of dorks, like, coming toward them in their <laughs> form, that, that's a really funny scene. It is. Um, but, yeah, I'd be on the balcony. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I just thought it was funny that, like, it. at least with the three of us, you know, it was clearly like, no, this is how the women would handle it, and this is how the guys would handle it. So, um, but anyway, I just had to ask that. Um, I brought up, and the, and I want to say this because uh, when we get to this point, I'll bring it up as well. These, I would love more than anything for these books to become a series, like on HBO or something or Netflix. I don't think a movie could do them justice, anywhere near justice. No. Uh, I'd love to see them as a TV series. And there's a part so far in all of the books. There's a certain part that I would just, I would, I cannot, I would love more than anything in the world to see this brought to life in a, in a video format. And for me on the previous book, it was that fight. It was this giant fight of them throwing everything they've got at him and, and everything else. So, um, and there is a point in this book where we're going to get to it and you could probably guess what it is, but we'll get there in a minute. So anyway, um, so here we go. An unwelcome quest. Um, we start the book off kind of odd because, um, they're welcoming a new wizard. They've done this in previous books. You know, we're, we're, we're aware of what the situation is, but it's a precursor. We're not adding new wizard. We're actually going back to see the wizard that we don't talk about, Todd. And so they've mentioned him in the previous two books, and we finally get to see what it is and, you know, what is it about Todd that makes him what he is. Um, so they're in, they're sitting around. It's in the banquet hall or whatever. Todd is sitting next to Jimmy, and you know they start asking Gary who's his who was his trainer. Which everyone's like, "Wow, Gary was his trainer? Like that's weird." Uh, <laughs> I, I like Gary as a character, but yeah, I don't know if I'd want him to train anyone. Um, but they're asking him questions, and they're like, "You know, so tell us about him." He was like, "I don't know. He didn't really say much. He didn't he didn't tell me where he was from. He didn't tell me how he found the file. He didn't really you know he just was the file." Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. I asked, I, you know, when I was a biographer, I wouldn't, yeah. Um, and it starts coming out. They're like, yeah, he just laughed at, he laughed at, he he laughed at weird times, and they're like, oh, 
that's not anything different. We don't think you're funny either. He's like, no, it's not that it's not that he didn't laugh at my jokes. He laughed at stuff that he shouldn't have laughed at. And then Phillips, it's already starting. The gears are starting to turn to Phillips head. And as much as he hates Jimmy, he's looking across and Jimmy's giving him these looks like what is what's going on here, Phil? I love this scene. I I I can see it being played out again, like you said, in a movie or a, or a TV show. And I can see Philip looking down and being like, you know, Jimmy's trying to get my attention, which is very and like wrong. Like J- Jimmy doesn't do that. Yeah. But Jimmy actually looks concerned. Right. And if Jimmy's That's concerned, not- <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should all be concerned. It's like that time that the Democrats and Republicans came together to uh, oust the dictator that was taking over, and oh, never mind, that that didn't. That hasn't happened yet. No, the opposite of that is happening. Yeah. Um. Um. For being a Canadian citizen. Immigrant yet, there, Jen? (laughs) There you go. Weed is legal in October. Anyway, uh, so um. So Todd gets up there and he starts giving this speech and everyone kind of goes along. He's like, you know, listen, I was an outcast, but I feel at home here. And they're all kind of shaking their heads. And he starts talking about like, you know, y'all use your magic this certain way, but y'all don't know true power. True power is, you know, everyone's all excited about the, the, the flames and stuff from the bomb, but it's the crater after the, the daycare was there. And everyone's just like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Um, and then he proceeds to uh, produce Kluge, which we had, you know, we had dealings with Kluge in the first book, but not too much. And Kluge is like stiff. He can't move. He can't say anything. He can't do anything. And what he has done is he's basically put force bands all around Kluge. And <laughs> I should have got it out. It's in my closet right now. I have a Nintendo Wave Bird. <laughs> I just feel Chris what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's a it's a video game controller for the uh, for the GameCube. Uh, it's actually a really good controller. They're all right about that in the book. Anyway, um. But he's basically made it so he can take this controller and move Kluge around like he was a video game character. And you can tell it is it is really hurting Kluge. Like Kluge is like he's got tears rolling down his eyes. At one point, uh, he ends up having him like basically punch Jimmy in the balls. But he doesn't, but he have... doesn't bowl up his fist. And you can clearly tell like several of his fingers are broken. And and of course, um, you know, uh, um they're like, you know, I, I hope everyone realizes this is a bad thing. I hope it, you know, and he's, uh, uh, um, they're like, you know, um, hopefully Jimmy understands this. Phil definitely is on, you know, he's 100%. Um, but this is how, this is how we learn about the first guy that is ever ousted. Like they come together and they're like, no, we're, we're going to tie you up and we're going to send you back to your own time and we're going to be done with and you. And it's so. like, no wonder Clue hates wizards. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes, and that gives us some backstory on that because in the first book we, you know, we know Kluge is just an asshole. Um, we kind of get that the reason why he's so pissed off all the time is because even though he wants to be the biggest and meanest person in this town, he's yes. not. And the other one's a woman. <laughs> and the other one's a woman. Uh, that's right. Gert would fucking be his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, so um. Um, at this point, Kluge is taken to Lead Church, and um, uh, Gilbreth is basically talking to Phil and kind of gives him him. He's giving. He's like, "Oh, so uh, so what's the plan with this one?" And he's like, "Oh, well, we're gonna 
we're going to send him away so that he can never hurt anyone again. He's like, I understand. You don't want to kill anyone. He's like, no, no, I'm not killing anyone. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, so you're going to let Kluge kill him. Oh, you're very clever. And he's like, we're not doing that either. He's like, oh, but I didn't think you were that clever anyway. <laughs> <I love laughs> it's basically this one backhand after another. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they send away Todd, or they, you know, they basically oust Todd, and and that's kind of pretty much it. So, um, then we flash forward <laughs> to the present, uh, as it were, and um, let's see here. There's a guard that is coming up to Todd. Todd has apparently been working with uh, our old buddies Miller and Murphy, our favorite favorite uh, flat feet from the uh, from the uh, from the bureau, and he's. They have found a file. They're in the process of trying to work their way through it. And he convinces this idiot guard that, for whatever reason, thinks he's going to make get a job out of this, if he can get something out of Todd, uh, to show him what's going on. He basically gets the guy to let him out of the cell, which I'm like, you idiot. Uh, gets the drop on him, disappears. Um, and so now we get to, I guess, this is kind of like the precursor stuff. Now we get to the actual story of, this, of the book. So... Um, we're at Philip's house. It's movie night. I love the fact that in the previous books they were kind of like, we can't really let the other, you know, the wizards that came from a time before us know about stuff that's going on when during our time because it might be an issue. And they've just completely done a 180 and they're like, nope, we're going to have movie night and I'm going to show you movies from fucking 1986 even though you dropped out in 1977. Yep. Um, yeah, so... Uh, it's, it's at Phil's house and apparently whoever's house it is gets to pick the movies. And the first movie they watch is Colossus. Has anyone seen Colossus? I haven't either. I've heard of it though. And it is definitely one of those. Let me ask this. How many of you have watched sci-fi movies from the, like, not, I'm not talking Star Wars. I'm talking about like 70s sci-fi movies. No. No. (laughs) Uh, the Omega Man. Um, Stay away from all of it. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> it's very it is exactly what they said in the book it is very depressing machine. i see the time machine the original time machine yeah like the yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. very like and and they even say in the book the basically the whole thing about science fiction in the 70s was um we're all doomed <laughs> just enjoy the ride and you want to do an episode on this on 70s well there's oh. more stuff in the 70s than just that we did get star wars out of it so um so anyway, they're in between. They're in between movies. Uh, Martin walks out for a second. Philip joins him. He's kind of asking him what's going on. Uh, Martin's just kind of in a in a funk because him and him and Gwen have had a falling out, and it's because he asked her to move in, and she just wasn't ready for that. Which how the hell does that even work? Come on, like what, what do you mean? Live in different times. I just none of this makes sense to me. Okay. <laughs> Have you gotten? No, I don't want to say. I'm not on the next book. So I was going to say, wait till you get to wait till you get to the next book, you'll explain it. Anyway, so, (laughs) but no, you don't have to talk about it here because basically, I mean, he talks about the fact that he's uh, Phil's got a great relationship going on with Britt, and like uh, they just pop back and forth between times constantly because he even asked him, he's like, you know, I've got a date Saturday night, and he's like, your Saturday or her Saturday, so, (laughs) you know. Uh, Two thousand years difference. It doesn't really yeah, matter. time travel's hard. Um, and then he has, to, of course, make the comment about uh, about her being very, very, very forward thinking. <laughs> um, 
Which, you know, just, you know, I'm sure Martin's just like, oh, great. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> so they go back in and he's like, hey, we're going to watch a movie. I'm sure you haven't heard of it. It didn't do well, in, at, you know, at the theater, but I thought it was really good. It's called Planet of the Apes. And everyone just groans. Yeah. And he's like, why? And they're like, which one? The original one? The sequel? The sequel to the sequel? The sequel to the sequel to the sequel to the sequel? The remake? The reboot? And he's just like, at this point, Roy speaks up and he's just like, does anyone, doesn't anyone have any fucking original ideas? Do they just keep fucking redoing the same thing over and over again? Welcome so, to the 2000s. <laughs> y- yep, exactly. Um, so they're about to sit down, they're about to sit down and start watching the movie. Oh, then he says he's going to watch The Wicker Man. Of course, they kind of go off on that. And Philip, Gary, Tyler, and Jeff just disappear. They're gone. Just leaving, uh, Roy and, and, uh, Martin. Um, and they're like, well, what the hell's going on? They're like, I don't know. You know, they're halfway expecting something to happen. They literally wait around for half an hour waiting for something bad to happen, like Gary did something. Uh, and when nothing happens, they're like, okay, well, let's go visit Gwen because that's what we should do. <laughs> um, so, uh, the guys appear, the four guys appear on the top of this mountain or whatever, kind of on this cliff. And uh, they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And Jimmy's there. And Jimmy's in his pajamas. And he makes the comment. He's like, listen, guys, I this isn't me. <laughs> this is not me. But he came in vertical or like uh, horizontal oh. because he's and, just laying in his bed. And he just falls. And it just drops, yeah. And he's telling him, I just, I wanted y'all to, to see my jammies. I'm really proud of them. And I wanted you to read me to, read me to sleep. And it was what, like. 12 effective things that people do or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this booming voice comes out of nowhere and it's like, you know, silence and you're going to do this quest. And uh, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Yeah. This old man appears and describes a quest. Jimmy points out that they can't do magic because they don't have their hats or uh, staves. They laugh and tell him, by the way, we fixed that. Uh, but then they realize they're not able to teleport and that they are vulnerable. And it's at this point they're like, oh, shit. Things might be real. Um, we head back Which to the one future. of you will be the leader on this epic quest. Yes. Sorry. Um, so Martin and Roy show up at Gwen's. Roy is not having it. He's also very standoffish. Like, I think, and I want y'all his opinion on this. I think Roy is written extremely well for the character that he's supposed to be. For his time period, yes. For his time period, exactly. Um, because if you plucked a, a middle-aged man out of 1977, yeah. was it three mid seventies, you pluck a man out of that age and then put him around a bunch of, you know, modern, you know, uh, independent women. I, it's not, he's not going to know how to deal with it. So, um, but I, I like how he's written. So, um, they sit down, they think about it and they're like, well, you know, um, Maybe something, you know, maybe Jimmy's up to this. They're like, no, we went and checked. Jimmy's not there either. Um, so Roy's like, you know, we need to do something. We're like, yes, we are going to do something. Let's go talk to Brent. And he's just like, come on, <laughs> do something. Uh, let's quit talking. Um, let's see here. So um, basically the guys just sit around until morning. They're not doing anything. Uh, they start giving the guy, the old man random names. Um James T. Kirk, and then someone says Jean-Luc Picard, and yeah. Philip doesn't know who that is, and he's like, oh, you just make me sad, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, 
let's see. Oh, okay, uh, and then Todd appears. So anyway, a window uh, opens up, basically like an old like web browser window opens up, and it's Todd. I'm picturing, and of course, I'm picturing like you, um, uh, reboot where the window. Oh yes, exactly. That's that's exactly what I thought too. Reboot. I'm talking the old school reboot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I no, I didn't bother watching it. No. Um. Watch, listen to the Epic Geeky Show. Uh, so um, Todd appears and basically says how he got out and how he basically was like, he always heard that the best revenge was living well, so that's what he did. He, like, travels to the future, he learns programming, he works on different games, he's made money, he's basically grown up and become, you know, a, a pretty solid dude. And they're like, well, that's great, we're glad to hear that. And he goes, and then I thought, well, maybe I should try the other type of revenge. <laughs> it's like, oh, you douchebag um and so he tells them he's created this quest and they have to go on this epic quest and they're possibly going to die because that's going how he's going to get his revenge um and he's like you know you don't have your powers so if you stay here you're either going to starve or you're going to freeze to death um so at this point the old oh this is where okay so let me just say this i love in these previous books how uh, we like in the second book, we we definitely learn more about and get more about the relationship between Martin and Philip, and then of course Martin and and Gwen, and we're introduced to Brit, and we start getting that. This book is where we start fleshing out the characters of Gary and Jeff and Jimmy and and so on. and I love that. I love the fact that we get this group together and we get to see them interact and stuff. So. Um, so anyway, the old man asks, you know, who's going to lead the group? They finally say, fine, Philip's going to lead the group. He says, who's going to be your number two? He says, after a second, he goes, well, I can't make him, uh, if I, if I make, um, who was it? If he made, if he made someone, uh, a leader, no, no, he ends up making Jeff the leader. Yeah. Um, if he made Tyler the leader, That's right. uh, he would kill Gary. Uh, and he wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna let what's his face. Uh, or not Gary. He was gonna uh, kill Jimmy, and he wasn't gonna let Gary be leader. So he nominates Jeff. At which point, the place basically starts to crumble. They all have to run for their lives, and Jeff falls to his death. And they're like, "All right, so when does Jeff show back up?" You know, it's obviously a video game. He's like, "No, he's dead. Dead, dead." Or, or he's like, "No, he's dead. You, he is dead. He is never coming back." And then Tyler's like. Well, that's stupid. We're time travelers. We'll just go back and fix it. <laughs> which already starts to piss Todd off. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, <laughs> I, I love Tyler in this one. His commentary is great. He is my favorite character in this one. Just, well, that's just lazy writing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, yes. You just see him going like... <laughs> the whole time, every time he points out something, I just, I love it. And yeah. yes, I would love, and that's what I'm saying. That's, I really enjoyed this book, you know, jumping ahead. I really enjoyed this book because of, like I said, the interaction between this, this group of characters. I love the other group that comes together as well because I love their interactions as well. But this group getting to kind of know, uh, you know, fleshing out the characters of, of, uh, particularly Tyler, but Tyler and, and, uh, Jimmy and, and so on. I, I love it. So, um, let's see here. So, um, we're back at Brit's, um, uh, both Brit and Brit the Younger's house. Uh, they tell him about what happened. They explain to Martin is thinking about taking copies of the shell to give him their powers. 
Uh, Britt tells them they're going to try this and, uh, and probably not going to work, but, you know, go ahead and give it a shot. Um, meanwhile, back, you know, back in, in this game area or whatever, the guys find a dead party. They loot the corpses for clothing and weapons. Uh, a wolf attacks Phil and they manage to throw it off the mountain trail. Um, they end up killing wolves basically by the same thing. And I love the fact that they very quickly figure out that these wolves are video game based because they all look the same. They growl the same. They attack the same way. And it's literally just like growl one, two, three lunge. <laughs> and that's how you do it every single time. Um, very basic. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, and then, and they even say that they're like, this is very poorly written. Like, <laughs> Like not only is this poorly a poorly written story, this is a poorly programmed game too. Like this is just shit all the way around. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they uh, they kill many wolves. Um, they make camp. Jimmy's good at making a fire, and um, they end up realizing that the wolves um, will respawn too for one that they very whenever they kill them. They finally get to actually kill a wolf instead of just throwing it off the mountain. Um, and it leaves wolf jerky, and of course it tastes horrible. <laughs> the wolf's final revenge, as they put it. <laughs> um, and then Gwen, Brett, Martin, and Roy appear. They're standing on nothing, and they're like freaking the fuck out, but they're able to stand on something. And they realize that, oh, it's just like, the visuals aren't here, but obviously there's solid ground here. Uh, Brett sends them some backpacks with a bunch of stuff that they need, because obviously things didn't work out. Um... So they, they basically walk past the old man because they can't give an answer that he'll understand. They all give their own names. Uh, and then there's some argument about that. Like, you know, um, uh, um, Roy is like, I'll lead. And they're like, no, could you please say that again? And then he says Martin. And then I think Gwen pipes up and he's like, he said, a, he said you know, which man? And she's like, it doesn't matter. And of course, you know, the, the character doesn't understand. They basically just walk past him. They find the, 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 the dead hunting party. At first they think it's their, you know, their friends, but then they realize it's not them. Um, and then a wolf attacks Martin and Martin does manage to, to kill it. And, and he's feeling extremely proud of himself because this wolf's appeared out of nowhere and he's fucking killed it. And Gwen walks up and was like, wow, that looked really easy. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, but it, it, it was probably hard. I, I, he's just completely deflated. And, you know, I've, <laughs> I, I feel for the, I feel for the dude. So, um, let's see here. Uh, Roy and Britt get, start getting into it about men protecting the women. Oh, so yeah. So they're like, okay, well, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's a very, uh, narrow trail. So obviously I'll be in the front. The kid will be in the back and the women will be in the middle because we have to protect y'all. And this is where the uh, the friction really starts to pick up between um, Britt and Roy. Gwen is Gwen is definitely feeling it, like she's, but she's definitely more so. Okay, this is just kind of how he is, kinda, and not letting it go. Britt's not having it. No. Britt's fucking in his face the whole time. Triggered. Yes, I know. Uh, that at college with a guy like that. He uh, he'd immigrated from Russia less than a year before, and we went on a camping trip. And he would not let any of us girls lift any of the food backpacks. He wouldn't let us lift any of the canoes. Like, we couldn't he, do it. He even, like, he wouldn't let them carry the canoes. Yeah. Right? And, and we the, weren't allowed. We couldn't no. do it because we weren't strong enough. 
It was so irritating. And he wouldn't listen to our professor, who was a woman, because she was like, okay, you have to wear your life jacket. He's like, you don't know what you're talking about. I never wear my life. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. She's like, no, it's a legal thing. And he just refused to listen to her and, like, just did his own thing because that's the way he did it. At least Roy was kind about it. And there's, like, a reason behind it. This guy was just an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like this dude was just an asshole. Um, sorry, uh, the uh, size in the chat room I haven't been able to keep up. So, um, hey, Sai. Um, let's see here. So, um, uh, find uh, protecting women. Okay, so the guys find this mine, and they talk to the lead miner, and he says that they need a canary to get uh the dilu wine they need. <laughs> Gary's like, dude, I I think this is it right here, and like literally yeah. picks up this ball, and they're like, would you, Gary, just fucking leave it alone, man, just. Let let the adults handle it. Um and God, so they get this information. Bigger. Yeah, exactly. Um and they have to get it from an evil king. So they're like, Yeah, sure, we'll we'll take it. And and everyone starts dancing and singing and like eating meat and all of a sudden beer appears and everything. They're just like, Well, this is well choreographed. Uh, <laughs> there's where your thing that's what it is, Jen. You need to be in a video game so that just random stuff will happen like a <laughs> kind of like your musical thing going. Um Anyway, uh, uh, let's see here. So they, the next morning, they head off to the castle. They see the guards, and they decide uh, they're going to steal it from around from around back. They're like, we're going to try to sneak in the other way. And I love this part where they're like, well, how the fuck are we going to sneak in? And Gary's like, guys, I know the secret of the ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> and proceeds to basically just walk very slowly. And, of course, he's going uh, slowly. Or what is he saying? Slowly or silently? Silently. Silently. Silent. And they're like, do we do we have to say silently the whole time that we're sneaky? <laughs> uh, which you know, I think uh, Philip has a, a wise ass comment. It was like, guys, Gary knows the secret of the ninjas. Their, their ninja secret was to sneak. <laughs> um. So yeah. So uh, he he describes the technique. Uh, they get across the water, they climb the castle, they get in. Gary and Tyler basically. So there's this giant door. So this is, I mean, this is clearly written from a video game standpoint. So there's a giant door. There's these two giant levers. Um, Gary and Tyler basically hold open the doors while Philip and Jimmy go in and they have to solve this puzzle to try to find this canary. They work together. And whenever they find the canary, it's being, um, it, there's, there's two guys there. There's the King and then there's the evil Viceroy. And the evil Viceroy is like burping in this, this mechanical canary, which, I don't know about y'all, but I immediately thought of what was his name, Bubo, the the mechanical oh, owl from yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Clash of the Titans. That's exactly that's immediately what I thought. Um, and so anyway, they get a good look, and it's a very odd, like it's not right. It's kind of uncanny valley version. Uh, the king is clearly Jimmy, and the viceroy is clearly, or the jester is clearly uh, Philip. And so they're like, "I'll take the one, you take the other one." Uh, Gary goes over, like runs up to the king, takes his sword and basically knocks him out with his sword. Like, you know, hits him on the head, knocks him out. And as he's turning around to see how Philip's doing, Philip is literally chopping this uh, doppelganger of Gary up with a fucking sword. Like he is going at it. Of Jimmy. (laughs) Of Jimmy. I'm sorry. And Jimmy's just like, all right, I see how it is. He's like, but I, I thought that was the plan. No, no. I understand. It's fine. Just, just grab the bird. Uh, you know, very clear as to what, you know, Philip's thought process is on this. So, 
Um, when they come back out, we have this this awesome conversation between um, Gary and Tyler as to who's the better captain, Kirk or Picard. Um, which is what which I thought was funny in itself. So, um, they it's grab the they Picard. grab the bottle of wine. Do what? It's Picard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, in all seriousness, if you're gonna if you're gonna serve on uh, on a ship, which one are you going on? Are you Picard. serving under Picard? I'm going under Picard. Yeah. Kirk's <laughs> gonna get your ass killed. Yes. And then he's gonna uh, sleep with other women. That's right. <laughs> um. So they get it. They get it. They get the rock back to the miners. The miner takes the 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 canary, hangs it up, and then proceeds to walk into the mine. They're like, "Don't you need the canary? That's why you need the canary is to go into the mine." That's just lazy writing. Like, that's just lazy writing, and proceeds to basically chop at a rock that was sitting right there at the entrance. The same <laughs> rock that Gary found, and of course Gary just fucking has a fit. And they're like, "We're sorry, Gary. We." We just don't always listen, buddy. It's okay. Um, and it's at this point, uh, you know what? We'll, get, we'll take a break here. So thoughts up to this point. I think Cy is just being a jerk in the in the chat room. He said Kirk. Anyway, <laughs> thoughts up to this point. I thought it was funny. Uh, fireworks are going off behind me, so don't mind me. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny and uh, an interesting take. And Todd's a fucking douche. Like, he's just the worst. I I liked that. Uh, with this one, you're—I mean, so far anyway, up to this point, you know, you can cut, you can see that Jimmy's being really, truly honest, and the way that he is sincerely sorry for what he did, and he's trying to make amends in any way that he can, realizing that that's not going to happen. He he's just taking his step back and waiting for the the other guys to to see that he's being honest. I, I, I see that in up to this point anyway, and, and it's it's an interesting uh, dynamic there. But that being said, I know Chris was kind of bored with the with the book. Really? He didn't like this one. It's, <laughs> it's okay, that's fine. That's what Well that's no, what but like talking. looking back like now that like we're reading the fifth book, yes. it I mean obviously it creates a bigger picture, and it feels yeah, in this it, it bigger did, story. It did flesh things out. Yeah, it did flesh things out now that we've read on it and stuff like that. But while we were listening to it, I was just like, Todd's such an ass. We get it. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, I get it. He's stupid. Can we get it in the book now? Yes. Yeah. You know they're going <laughs> to get there. You know Jeff's going to be fine. It was like, almost like Todd was torturing us with the same yeah. bad game. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Mandy, any thoughts up to this point? Uh, I, I, I'm, on, I'm with you. I liked how it kind of fleshed out the, the buddies, you know, the the side characters that we hadn't really gotten to know as well. But, um, yeah, there was no magic in this one. So it, they kind of had to rely on their own. There was, like, a lot of, like, tinkering and maker stuff in this one. Um, so it was it was different. It was slow at parts. But I think that was part of the torture. I didn't really think about the fact that there isn't... I mean, there, there's magic at the beginning and the end, but you're right, there's not really any magic in this one. Um, well, video game-based, which, yeah, so, which is fine. Probably why I, I had a probably. harder time with it, because I don't... I'm not a That's a good point, yeah. I quest video games. Like, they, I find them very boring. 
And see, I have to stay away from them, otherwise I'd get sucked into them and not get anything done. So, um, so they get the dial of wine, and they head off, and like two minutes later, the second group shows up. Go on. I was going to say, the dial of wine is heavy as shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and they're trying to figure out how to carry this thing. Have they That's already right. gotten the cursed cloak? Or Not yet. Oh, not right. yet. Okay. The, the okay. cloak's coming up. The cloak's that coming up. That's where they find it again. And never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not oh. there. But yeah, so that dial line is heavy as shit. Yes. Uh, and they're they're trying to figure out how to carry it out, and they use the cart, don't they? No. No. They, no. They carry it. Sorry. Did they carry it? I think they carried it because I think they, they were taking carried. turns carrying it at this point. That's yeah. right. Yes, they're carrying yeah. it. Yeah. So they're they're taking turns carrying it. Um, so because because there's several things they have to carry in this book, and they right. they have their own distinct issues. So, um, <laughs> so like two minutes later, the second group shows up. Uh, they see the birds already there, but they realize they still have to do that part of the quest. Um, meanwhile, the first group uh gets attacked uh by three wolves. They kill the wolf on Phil's back, so we're right there, Jen. Okay. Um. <laughs> And an hour later, two appear on top of the cloak. Like, literally, they appear on top of, of Phil's back. And so they kill the wolves, and there's this whole discussion about how Phil's like, I don't want to give up the cloak, but we killed these wolves somewhere else. So they shouldn't appear on the cloak. And they're like, no, Phil, they're going to appear back on the cloak because that's where the first one was killed. And this time it's not going to be two, it's going to be four. And he's like, well, what if I turn it inside out? And they're like... Well, then you'll have four wolves inside the cloak with you. <laughs> and Phil's just like... Well, maybe not. You don't know that. Yeah. I, but this is like the most badass piece of, of, of clothing I've ever had. <laughs> He's like, it's got the fur on it. And they're like, yeah, but You look it's, old. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't look good. And then, of course, Gary has to open his mouth. He's like, who wants a bear? Who wants a Superman cape that looks like it's got bear fur on it? They're like... Quit helping out, Gary. You're making it sound <laughs> awesome. Uh, which I have to say, when it's described like that, sounds kind of cool. Um, let's see here. Um, okay, and now, previously I said in each one of these books, there's a scene that I would just, I would love, love, love to see actually done in, you know, as a TV film. Uh, this is the, this is part of that part. So they come across this house. Out in the middle of, it's kind of off, yeah, off the way. <laughs> and as they get closer, they notice that there are several young women on the on the front porch. Um, they're very shapely. They they've got like the traditional, like you would think, um, uh, you know, uh, medieval attire. Like one's churning butter. One's churning butter, very seductively. <laughs> one's knitting. Very seductively. And that's funny is how it's described as very seductively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other one doing? Turning butter. She came out of, she, I thought she just came out on the porch. No, there was a washing third clothes. one because remember the, the fourth She was washing clothes, washing clothes on a wash. That's right. She was oh, washing, yeah, she clothes. Was washing right. clothes. Correct. That's right. So they walk up and of course they're all, they all like, they're like, oh, hey, there, there's ladies here. So, you know, <clears throat> suck in the gut, put the shoulder back and, you know, walk up and they all, they all kind of cough so they can, you know, get a deeper voice when they go, adjust, you know, talk to these ladies. And so they walk up and, oh, my God, it looks like Gwen. <laughs> or kind of Gwen, but not really Gwen. And so does the second. Oh, my God, all three of them look like Gwen. And they're like, what the hell is going on with this? With different and it's a, 
it's at this point uh, they're like, why does? Or no, they, they had this discussion a little bit later, but um, but they're like, why does? Why does? Why do they all look like Gwen? Like why? It, did he think we all had the hots for Gwen or something? And Gary's like, yeah, he thought we all had the hots for Gwen. Well, why do you think that? Because we did. I told him we all had the hots for Gwen. They're like, dude, <laughs> not cool. <laughs> it may have been the truth, but not cool, dude. <laughs> so the Gwens, um, uh, uh, Gwenches. I'm sorry, they're later called, yes, I love that term, the Gwenches. <laughs> the Gwenches are like, you know, we haven't seen a man in forever, and we have, you know, satin sheets and plenty of bite-sized food. It just, like, ridiculous. And, of course, you know, most of the – three of the four guys – well, two of the guys, uh, Gary and Tyler, are just like, listen, it's food. It looks – you know, this is obviously a trap. As long as we keep our eyes open, we're fine. Philip's not really having it, and, of course, Gary's just like – Gary's oh, all in. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah. Let's see how far this goes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, so it, it's at this point uh, they hear a voice, and you know there's another voice, and he's like, "Oh, here it is. Here's the trap. It's it's you know the big beefy brothers are about to come out and beat our asses or something, <laughs> and it's a fourth one. Now there was a blonde, a brunette, and a redhead, yeah. and out comes and a fourth one with black very, hair, yeah, and slightly Asian looking. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's the bad like, makings of a porn. Is it, no, this is so porny right here. Yeah. Um, porny. Yeah. Porny. So they go in and they're having this discussion, and you know they're 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 basically allowing themselves to be catered to, and of course Philip's not having it, and you know Tyler tells him he's like, look, dude, it's this is easy for you to take the high road on this. You have a a stable girlfriend. The rest of us do not have a stable girlfriend. So. You know, we're never we're we're not gonna let it go too far, of course. Um, and he's like, it's not real. Yeah, we just won't we just won't tell Martin. And he's like, that's not Martin. I'm worried about finding out about. (laughs) Um, and he was rightfully so for that one. Um, so it's at this point Gary is taken upstairs for his bath, and uh, and of course wants to get as he puts it his freak on, uh, which I love the fact that are like you know. Maybe that's why you have so many problems is because you refer to it as getting your freak on. Um, but he goes upstairs and the scene on this is funny as hell. This this is why I, he starts to, you know, it starts to get very uh, heated and like he starts taking off his clothes and he's like, it even mentions he's like, you know, he's taking off his clothes and he's like, and like most people, when you're doing this, you start realizing, am I doing this wrong? Am I? <laughs> is there a right way to do this? He's just not feeling right about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he starts, you know, uh, kissing on this, on this, on this Gwen, and that's when stuff goes south. Um, she literally putrefies in his hands, and like the water, which was like clean and stuff, is now basically mud, like gunk and mud and crap and stuff. And he very quickly realized, like she's like, you know. Uh, oh, that's what it was. He's like kind of like nibbling on her neck, and she's talking about, I will gnaw the meat from your bones. He's like, whatever you're into, baby. <laughs> and at one point, he's even like, I can make this work. I can make this work. And he's looking, he's like, I can't make this work. He's so uh, stupid to think that Todd would actually allow something like this. Ex- exactly. Like, exactly. 
They told him this is a trap. He knows it's a trap, but he's just so hard up. He doesn't care. Literally. Oh. But he figures out, he grabs his clothes and he figures out, like, if he takes a step backward, she lunges forward but won't attack him. If he takes a step forward, she kind of, like, goes back a little bit. And he's like, oh, man, this is the same type of crap as the rest of this stuff. So he literally walks downstairs, like, putting, like, like, buckling his pants. And he's like, hey, guys, you know, I think, you know, I think this was definitely a trap. And, of course, at this point, you know, all the other ones have turned as well. Um, Poor Jimmy is all the food is rotten. Didn't want yeah, to. Of course, Jimmy's like, I had something in my mouth and it yeah. turned into maggots. And oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so you know, he goes downstairs and he's like, Look, I don't think these things can hurt us. Like, you know, they can't actually touch us. They, you know, they sound big and bad or whatever. Um, and of course, once again, that's this is just poor writing. Um, and so it's at this point that uh, that Todd shows up on a video screen again, and they're just like, "Listen, man, this was this was sucks. this sucks, dude." Like, tell you what, here's what we're gonna do, Todd. Um, we're gonna just we're just gonna you know um, stay the night. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna stay the night. We're gonna you know put the put the Gwinches in a room back over there and shut the door. We're gonna spend the night. And we'll be off tomorrow morning. And then I think um, Jimmy has the idea. He's like, "Hey, what if?" What if we could like? Oh, they do have a cart because they're like. Yes. What if we could hook the Gwinches up to the cart and they could pull the 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 rock for us? That's right. And Todd is just like, no. <laughs> He's pissed that they're basically finding a way to break his game. So he sets the place on fire. All the Gwinches go up in fire. Pretty much everything goes up in fire. Uh, so all the guys run out. Poor Philip does not have anything. It's like he's. <laughs> Doesn't even have his robe and has to grab whatever's on the coat rack <laughs> on his way out. Um, cause you know, he had to give up his cloak because, you know, because of the, the wolves. And, um, they run out and then of course they very quickly realize that the rock is sitting next to it. So they have to run back over, grab the rock, pull it across. And they're like, uh, they're like, well, at least, at least we'll sleep warm tonight. And like, and I think it says like a light switch being flipped, all the fire goes out. And they're just like, fuck you, Todd. <laughs> you can't even get us that. Talking. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, Todd's uh, listening to every word you say. Just <laughs> stop talking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and so Philip has to end up wearing a fur coat. Now, this is not a fur. This is a fur, like a woman's fur coat. So mm-hmm. it talks about as he's putting it on, and every time he moves, its seams are tearing, and he's just like, "Oh, this sucks." <laughs> <laughs> um. Meanwhile, the second group uh, is back at the castle. They see the soldiers, and um, Martin and Roy start are, are like, "Okay, this is how we're gonna do it. The women stay back here, and we're gonna go take care of this." And of course, the women are like, "Well, why are y'all taking care of this? What are y'all doing?" They're like, "Don't worry about it. We got it." And it's at this point, Martin, you know, kind of you know levels with Roy. He's like, "Listen, Roy, um, the women really think you're treating them badly." He's like, "I'm not. I'm trying to protect them. They're women." He's like, I, "Yes, I understand this, but." <laughs> They don't really need your protection. Like, just just treat them as equals. And he's like, I don't treat my equals very well. He goes, well, that's fine, too. <laughs> just treat them that way. Like, if, if you treat them like shit, but you treat everyone like shit, then at least they're on par with everyone else. That's where they want to be. So um, they have this conversation. They get up to the guards, and Martin's like, all right, follow my lead. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? And he literally, like, walks up, and, like, I think he hits one of the guards or something goes and running. tells him, run and of course you know uh um uh, 
what's his name, uh, uh, has already like turned around and started running. And they basically have the guards <laughs> chasing them back, uh, video game terminology, a train. They're pulling a train. Um, they run around the corner, and the girls have seen what's going on, and they proceed to kill like the first three guards very quickly. They jump back in line with the guys, and there are several guards there, and they're like, all right, we're going to have to split up. Let's just hope we get through this. And then they very quickly realize, oh, the guards are just like the wolves, and they only attack one at a time. So uh, it was that, So one thing that we forgot to mention was the reason why they couldn't go the same route that the other guys did was because they can't see the rocks. So right. as, they, as the guys were coming out of the rock, or with the, with the bird, the original crew, right, when they came out of the castle, uh, every time they stepped on one of the rocks, just oh, yeah. before yeah. they left off that rock, it would, it would start falling. So our story was right after they jumped because uh, they... But but it was still there, solid, and everything was still there. It just looked like it fell. But they figured uh, it out, right? Like yeah, Tyler figures it out halfway through and is like literally just yeah. like taking his time. He's like, guys, don't worry about it. I, I got this. It's yeah. fine. But uh, but they you so the next group, right? The the group of uh, Roy and and um, Britt and Gwen and and Martin, Martin can't yeah. can't see those rocks because they're invisible. That's the point. Yep. Because it hasn't reset. So that's why they're trying to go through the guards. Because they go looking for another path and can't find it. <laughs> I'm um, like, oh, if only there was a way to go this back way. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I forgot about that. I'm glad you I got I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because it, it goes it goes even further to show how badly this, this simulation that they've been put in is programmed. Like yeah. the rocks don't fall until literally they leap off. The guards and the wolves can only attack one at a time, which if you play video games, you know that's been a trope oh. forever. Can I say something? I just I don't think we touched on this, but when Martin and company show up, like he doesn't know they're there, right, Todd? Because he doesn't right. expect anybody else to have been around the other guys, I guess. He doesn't know about Martin or Roy or even the Brits. He just knows Gwen, but like... He doesn't know Gwen was a wizard either, right? So, like, they're doing all this, and Todd is completely oblivious that there's anyone following the other guys because he's only watching them. You're, yes, you're absolutely right. And we, that is, that's a really good point that we forgot to make. Todd does not realize that the second group is in there, so um, all of the traps and stuff, for the most part, are not resetting. Like, a few things have reset, like the old man reset, and then, of course, they're having to fight the wolves that come up. And a few other things reset, but for the most part, like the the landscape and stuff that ends up changing, none of that changes. It's like it, once it's triggered, it's done. But even the guy, the old man, when he resets, he's just repeating the same line, and he doesn't. And is standing he over nothing. Recognize, yeah, their cues. So it's yeah. funny because it's just the characters. What are they called? The the regulars that just only NPCs. react to specific things. Yeah. Yeah, the NPCs. Like Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, the fate of Jumanji is in your hands. Uh, so they get Oban. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. So they get into the castle. They they pull all these guards. Uh, Britt and Roy have to hold the door open. Gwen and Martin go in and solve the puzzle. And they have an, an I like the conversation they have about. Uh, they have to do this puzzle to open this door, and um, and and of course uh, uh, Martin says, "Oh, it's like Tomb Raider." And then she says, "Well, I I you know." What what about uh, um, oh what's the one with Nathan Drake? It's um, um, 
I cannot remember the name of that game. Anyway, she says she prefers playing that game because she's a chick and she likes watching a dude do it. And he's like, well, I'm a guy and I, you know, watching a chick do it. So, um, but anyway, so they get out. Roy and and Britt kind of have a uh, a little bit of a coming to Jesus moment. They they're having a conversation. You can tell Roy is trying to uh, open up a little bit more, and Britt is trying as well because she's asking him questions about the SR seventy seven and and um, you know the Blackbird, and he's telling her about that. But they get the bird. They get back to the miners. Uh, they give they. The the bird is messed play a up. Trick on them, like yes, they were like they <laughs> they heard them coming and then they act like they're like dying, holding on to these. They're like hurry, hurry, we can't hold it any longer. And of course they run out real quick and they're like you know afterwards they're like why didn't you just lean your back on? And he's like you don't understand what we went through. That was the most horrible thing. <laughs> and then she tells Brit says. Britt says, yeah, it was so bad, Roy even broke down into tears. And you know if, if a big, strong man like Roy broke down into tears, it was really bad. And he's like, I thought we weren't going to talk about that, Britt. Because <laughs> he couldn't get, you know, he didn't want to, you know, uh, uh, give up the joke. So, um, But they get the bird back. The bird is messed up. The bir- This version of the bird is not moving. It's just, like, hung in space. It's just sitting there. They get back. They give the guy... What's going on? <laughs> what are you doing? I put the kids to bed, but I just I wanted to say excited. I absolutely love that Roy and and Brett did that. I thought it was oh yes, hilarious. Oh. It's like, come on, you gotta hurry up, my kid. It's gonna slip, and, and they're <laughs> slick running. I love that part. Anyway, yeah. Go <laughs> um, they give the bird to to the the miner. He literally knocks the working bird off and like puts the the non-working bird up there. Walks over, proceeds to mine something that's not there, and then hands them this invisible ball. Um, it's also heavy. When, yeah, Britt, I think, goes to grab it and realizes it's super heavy. It, like drops on like I think Martin's foot and and hit. They're they're trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do with it. So Britt sits on it and they're trying to figure out what are they going to do? How are they going to handle this? And they go, if Oh, we had a cart. <laughs> or, or if only we had something that we could make it so that we could see this invisible thing. What's the most visible thing that we have? <laughs> hey Martin, can I borrow your your, your wizard robe? <laughs> and so they're like, basically his his shimmering silver robe is wrapped around it, and it looks like the most messed up disco ball. But at least they can see the damn thing. And so they're uh, they're able to do it now. Before they go, um, they end up working out. They take uh Martin's um Martin's staff and Roy's pu- uh, um uh, pole cue. Uh, cue and they fashion a, um, I can't remember what it's called, a trundle or whatever. And so they put the ball on it and so that two people can carry it along with them. So one person in front, one person in back. And they are taking turns going, you know, using it. And they finally convince Roy, hey, let the ladies help out with it. Uh, so they're able to go along. And Roy starts making these comments about how well that it's made. Um, and I wonder if this is true. He He makes this comment about how, the initial, the first uh, spacesuits were all uh, sewn together by women because they were used to sewing multiple layers of synthetics together. Makes sense to me. Yeah, especially given. So, um, can you all still hear me? Yeah. Or am I out? Okay. Uh, it's kind of got quiet. Anyway, so um, the guys get back to town. Uh, let's see. With the, um, all right. So our first group makes it to uh, makes it to the next town. They have the dollar wine, and they meet the blacksmith. And the blacksmith is an NPC, and he just—they want to interact with him with 
We've definitely lost him this time. Oh, no. What do we do without Eugene? I'm back. I'm back. Oh. Eugene? The... Just because I, I put kids well, to I bed. hear you, but I don't see you. There you are. There I am. Okay. Um, I knew something was happening because it got started getting really quiet. Uh, um, so they get back to the they get to the they get to this town and they have to mess with the blacksmith and the blacksmith. Oh, the blacksmith. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> the black. Go on. What were you gonna say? Funny. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's funny as shit. Um. So the the blacksmith's like, okay, so here's what I need y'all to do. I can make you your weapon. I just need the dollar wine. They're like, well, we got the dollar wine. It's like, okay, um, which was funny because they start having the conversation, and like they figured out it doesn't really matter what they say, um, and so like Tyler's like Tyler's like I got this, and he's like, you know, but I I need this mysterious thing. We got the rock, but if anyone could you know get the we got the rock, <laughs> and he just that's all he says, um. <laughs> So they end up taking the rock, and he's like, all right, well, the first thing I need is bricks. Um, and they're like, okay. So he sends them out to go get bricks. And they come back, and they've got bricks, and they're hot, and they're tired. And he's like, all right, now I need clay. So he sends them out to the clay pit, and they come back, and they're all covered with clay. And they're just like, God, this sucks. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to say, parts of this reminded me of Breath of the Wild. Really? <laughs> <laughs> having to go this... forage after certain things and it was like dear god seriously yes uh this is one of those parts that i think most people have a problem i hate i hate mo I, I don't mind the occasional fetch quest in a video game i hate when it's multiple fetch quest one right after another i need this me, now i need this list. now i need this give well, me this the list of everything the sorry Jeff. he's just making it work you know, well, yeah, but for me, it's give me the whole list of the, what you need so I can go and collect everything and come back to you at once. Don't exactly. make me coming back to you time after time after time. Absolutely. Um, so let's see here. So um, he tells them that they have to build a kiln, and um, and the so fire. they're like, okay. So they start to build this kiln, and literally right before they put the last thing on, they're like. Jimmy, what are you doing? He's over sitting by underneath the tree. He's like, I ain't doing this shit yet. And they're like, they after a second, they understand. Oh, he's right. If we don't do this, we don't complete this yet. We can't move on to the next thing, so we can take a break. So they all sit around the tree. You know, I think they even sleep overnight or something like that. They at least take a long break and kind of, you know, oh, yeah. recuperate. They're, they're rested. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they slap the last thing on this kiln. And, of course, the you know, the blacksmith's like, you know, this is great. And he starts getting it set up or whatever. And he's like, you know, um, He's All like, you know, the, the, yeah, the next thing, the, the next thing we need is, uh, you know, tomorrow, get rest, good, you know, get good rest tonight, guys. Tomorrow, um, y'all are going to kill a monster and, and get the next thing. And they're like, all right, good night. See you tomorrow. What, what, what? You <laughs> <laughs> say anything about killing a fucking monster. Um, and his and, voice, I love the voice he does for this guy. Yeah. I, I do too. It's like all of them, but, you know. <laughs> um, so the next day, they have to fight something. And all they know, they're standing out, they're standing in the middle of the road, basically like gunslingers. And, like, it's just traditional video game stuff. People are running across the road. You'll hear a cat meow or whatever, a dog bark. People run back. People are looking through windows. It's just, He obviously plays video games because this is so, so well done. And they start discussing, what is it we're going to fight? And they're like, I don't know. All we know, it has, a, it has to have bones. And they're like, well, that doesn't really fucking narrow it down. He's like, well, it, you know, 
could be a, a slug. You don't want to fight a giant slug to you. He's like, well, no, not really. Um, and it's at this point, this woman runs across the street. She starts to run back, and all of a sudden she trips and disappears underneath the ground. And they're just like, oh, shit. It's happening. What's happening? What's going to what's gonna happen? And the ground starts to peel up, and a giant spider comes out, and Tyler loses his shit. <laughs> Come on, man. Spider doesn't even have bones. It's got an exoskeleton. What are you doing, man? That's just lazy writing. <laughs> Todd appears. He's like, what? do you not like spiders? Are you afraid of spiders? And he's like, no, they've been done to death. <laughs> the reason why you keep doing this is because it's the first thing that came to your mind. <laughs> and and they're just, he is berating him constantly. He's like, this is some, you've seen this shit over and over again. And he's like, no, it's it's different Lazy this rat. time. Yeah, it's a, this is a trapdoor spider. No one does a trapdoor spider. He's like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's going to do the same shit anyway. It's going to shoot webs. And and he's like, well, it, it might do something else. And they're like, what, kung fu? Is the spider going to do kung fu? And then, of course, they're like, ooh, I'd like to see a spider do kung fu. That'd be awesome. <laughs> of course, they, they both – oh, that was funny because uh, I think um, was it, uh, uh, um, Phil makes that comment and literally turns around, and both Todd and Gary, or, uh, both Todd and Tyler are staring at him like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he winks out of existence, and the spider just stands there for a second, and then it looks like the wind is blowing. And it's all these little spiders. And they're like, oh, shit. Now, I'm not, I don't like spiders. Okay? Once we get up to, you know, about this size, we're getting, that's problematic. Uh, these things are the size of kittens, as he puts it. I, my <laughs> wife always says if she actually ever saw a tornado, she'd probably just die right then and there. I, this might happen for me. I might have just died. I might have just went, well, <laughs> that's it for me. Um so spiders are your snakes. Is it, if you were oh, uh, oh, snakes too, I don't fucking do oh, with snakes. All right, never mind. <laughs> no, both of them. I was gonna say um, Indiana Jones, right? Why did I gotta be exactly? Yeah. Uh, so all four guys basically just run and like they they just start running wherever. Two of the guys start climbing up on some buildings. Jimmy runs up and starts climbing a tree. Tyler really can't go anywhere. He's basically surrounded by it, and he's just like, "Well, this is it. This is it. I'm done for." It. And he starts oh, to hear this like chittering sound and he's looking around and he sees one of the spiders kind of bend down and attack and he chops it out of the air and then he hears a chittering sound and he looks and he finds the next one and he chops it and he's just like guys they attack one at a time just like the fucking wolves <laughs> and the soldiers and everything else we got this shit um did, and so, did, we, did we mention by the way i'm sorry I, I know we keep going back did we mention that there was the the cliff wolves and then there was the wood <laughs> no, wolves. No, we, we didn't. And then there was... <laughs> the water wolves. <laughs> the water wolves. The best wolves are still to come, though. The cliff wolves yeah. are still the best. Um, God, I love that scene. And I, I forgot about that. I'm so glad you brought up the different types of wolves, which is literally just a wolf that just appears some, somewhere else. He did have diversity in the script. <laughs> you could say that. Um, but... So the, the giant spider ends up like uh, basically uh, kind of, you know, attacking Tyler. It basically kind of gets him webbed up or whatever. Jimmy figures out that, you know, they're only attacking one at a time, jumps out of the tree and goes after the giant spider and basically hacks off one of its legs, saving Tyler in the process. He has it follow him. It gets by, you know, Philip calls him over 
because he sees what he's done. Uh, he basically jumps off the building, hacks off another leg. Um, they get it to slowly but surely move over to where, um, uh, not Todd, what's his face? Um, uh, Gary is. Gary does the same thing, and they basically knock off three legs of the, on one side of the spider. So the spider's pretty much kind of like done, done for at this point. Um, so they walk up and all basically stab it in the eyes, and it dies for the most part. And all the little spiders all just kind of fall down. The big spider falls down or whatever. And they're like, well, we got that taken care of. And they're like, nope, this is a video game. This thing's got at least one more round in it. <laughs> so Gear, or, uh, 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 Jimmy and, and uh, Philip turn around and pronounce, well, the spider is dead. <laughs> We've won this one and start to walk off. And sure enough, the thing starts to move again. And then Gary or uh, Jimmy's just like, oh, wait, hold on. I got this and walks up and like grabs the sword and just like twist it and kills it. Um, and it's at this point that they know it's dead because like all good video game characters, it starts to fade away. And there's a spider skeleton. And of course, Tyler goes off again. <laughs> what do you mean there's a spider skeleton? This is something no one has ever seen before. <laughs> we almost forgot. There's that conversation of how they have they are having an argument of how spiders are octopuses are not the spider of the ocean. <laughs> I forgot about that. Tyler and at that Tyler's having a breakdown. He's like, "What do you yeah. mean they're not the thing? They've got eight legs." He like he's almost in tears. He's so mad. I had, I had a rough time. He no, he's like, having a rough time at this one. Um. So let's see here. So they kill it. The guys um, go back. They throw the rock or they throw the, the bone in there uh, into the kiln. And they're, they start asking questions. They're like everything up uh, to the to this point in the quest has been fairly like straightforward. Why is it all of a sudden we're like so entrenched in this, you know, detail crap? And then, and, you know, Tyler's like, well, obviously he thinks, you know. Uh, blacksmithing is cool. <laughs> He's like, it is, it is kind of cool, but obviously, you know, he, uh, 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 Todd's got a thing for blacksmithing. So, um, yeah, everything so, else was very vague. Yes. How, yeah. How everything was, was very vague. Everything was very vague for how it was done, except for the blacksmithing yeah. portion. Um, so the guys have to start working the bellows and they play it and they start playing a guy there. Um, they have to work the bellows to get the, the, the temperature up on, you know, to, to melt this rock. And they start playing a game, and it's called Desert Island Todd. And it's basically, uh, it's you and Todd on a desert island, and you have three items to torture him. And um, none of them are far enough in the future to know what waterboarding is, but uh, Jimmy did. So he ends up winning it, but kind of at a cost. And they have a breakdown at this point, and he's like, you know, he, he tells, he tells uh, Tyler, he's like, look, Let's just get this out here. I'm sorry. I will always be sorry. I can never make up for what I did to you in that town. All I can do is just keep living. I'm never going to stop being sorry, but I will stop telling you I'm sorry every time I see you. And Tyler's just kind of like, he has an argument with him, but he kind of understands they're at a stalemate. Like, it's mm -hmm. it's become obvious that we don't trust you. We can't let you go anywhere, but we don't also want you out of our sight. So we're kind of, we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't. And, we don't want you around, but we can't keep you out of our sight. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they they kind of come to a little bit of an understanding with that. So, um, let's see here. So, um, while working the bellows, okay. So the second group uh, finds the okay. So here's the other part that I want to see <laughs> done as a TV show, and it's very short. The other group finds the cabin, 
Um, <laughs> the burnt down cabin. The burnt down. The burnt down cabin. But there are still three women that are working on the front porch, mm-hmm. and Gwen goes up, and when she sees one of <laughs> yep. them, she just like, like okay. I, I, exactly. I love Roy's uh, response to this. Like he turns around, he's just like, I, I, I feel I need to apologize for you. I, uh, <laughs> you. He doesn't. He doesn't know how to handle it. Martin, of course, is just like, okay, all right. <laughs> oh, Martin's nice. in an impossible situation here, though. And okay, and I the love... question she asks him later is, "There's no way to answer." And that. the question is, "Did you find them attractive?" And that is, and like he said, that is the Kobayashi Maru of questions. What am I supposed to say? No, I did not find the women that look almost exactly like you attractive. What kind of answer is that? You can't give that answer. You also can't say, yes, I found them attractive to your girlfriend. That's not going to work either. Like, yeah. But, yeah, she totally screwed him with that question. Oh, yeah. So, But she understood, and he explained it. I have to say, Martin did a good job of explaining yeah. why I can't answer that question. Or if I do, either way, he's wrong. So, yeah. um, But then Britt does – Britt kind of helps him out and is like, you know, listen – I understand, you know, obviously, you know, uh, the reason why they all look like you is because you're an attractive girl. And she's like, well, thank- of course, coming from another woman, thank you. That's that's a compliment. And, um, so they're, they're like, nope, not dealing with this. We're moving on. <laughs> and they're like, okay, no questions asked. <laughs> Even though you could tell some of them are like, maybe we could get some supplies here or something else. They did notice that uh, the guy's robes were the ones being washed. And, of course, that's a little bit of a question. Why were the guys... Okay, number one, the guys were here, but why did right, they take their robes off? off? Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. So uh, what was weird for me was... Uh, I, I understand that the cabin uh, reset. Uh, or, sorry, didn't reset, right? Like It was still burned out. But the part that I, I kind of was confused is why are the Gwenches back to yeah. normal. Okay, I got to thinking about this earlier from what Jennifer said and it didn't hit me till just now. Characters, NPCs reset. Uh, when you kill a character or something like that, it comes back. Whether it be the soldiers, the Gwenches, wolves, so on uh, and so forth. Fair enough. Okay. Physical features don't. So like the, the, the first well, drop off that they were on, that didn't come back. The rocks, like you said, didn't come back. So obviously physical features don't reset but for whatever reason NPCs did. So... Fair enough. That works. Fair enough. And it, it and I think it stays I think it stays that way throughout the rest of the book. So I think he you know, I don't think there was a, a logic issue there. So yep. um so the first group was working the bellows and the hammers uh to forge this long sword that ends up becoming the Mobius blade. And it's basically a blade that spins and twists around and literally has no handle. It's 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 got one spot where there's a little bit of a twist where you can kind of maybe touch it, and it's so sharp, anything it touches immediately cuts. And this is the one thing Tyler actually finds kind of cool. <laughs> but before, and I, I didn't really mention it here, but before they before they get to that part, um, the first time, oh, the first thing is is they knock out the the they, they knock out the the the, the dial wine, the 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 the. The blacksmith turns it into something, and when they realize what it is, they're all put out because it's a um, it's an anvil. And they're like, "Are we fucking wily e. coyote? Are we going to be? What are we doing here? Are we hunting roadrunners?" Uh, and he's like, "No, I need this to make the weapon." But yeah. he ma- and and during this process, they have to do the quench. <laughs> they have to cool the metal, and someone's <laughs> loud mouth mentions. 
that why is it why are they using like motor oil? That wouldn't have been period accurate. He's like, well, they would have had to use water. They would have had to use pee. And of course, and Tyler fucking, pops a window. Todd gets the Guys, idea. That's a great idea. Thanks for that. A couple <laughs> and, changes later. And I love the fact that the second time they do it, he makes them pee on this blade to cool it. But they they note the fact that he's reusing dialogue from the blacksmith, and he doesn't finish the last syllable on in the last word he, when he pauses. And so once they're doing it, and he makes them like basically breathe in the pee smell, unfortunately. <laughs> and so once that's done, literally whenever uh, Inchgower, I think is the, the blacksmith's name, yeah. when he literally comes back to life and starts talking, the literally the first thing out of his mouth is <laughs> the last syllable of the last yeah. word, and then he yeah. starts going in there like. God, you, this is so poorly written. Like, Jesus. Um, so anyway, so he gives them the Mobius blade. They're trying to figure out how to carry the thing. And they basically figure out everyone has to kind of carry it like about like this. So there's a guy in that there's there's a guy in the front taking care of wolves. There's two guys on the side carrying it. And the back guy is just kind of holding on to it at roughly neck level. So they're constantly yelling at each other. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't <laughs> Because well, I don't want to be decapitated. They have to pinch it, right? They're, That's they're, right. They have to, yeah. Yeah, so they're all pinching it because it's one, it's technically a sword in the way that it only has one edge all the way around. All the way the around. The inside and the outside. And it's, they're like, it'd be great to have a cart to carry this with right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they and walk right by the fucking cart. Uh, rock, yes. Yep. Uh, and, he t- and they warn him about, they have to take it to the wastelands and to deal with sand wolves and the dreaded elemental. Sand- uh, yes. The second group get to town. They meet they meet Inchgower, um, and they're like, you know what? We need to make up some time. We don't know how far ahead the guys are. We need to make up some time. And they have a debate. If we don't do this quest, we may not have something we need later on that we need to keep going. And they're like, but we've got to catch up to the guys. And they kind of take a vote and decide it's worth it. We're going to go ahead and skip this quest. We're going to see if we can catch up to the guys. And they, they get a little they further drop, down the road. They drop what? the invisible die of the wine. They drop the invisible dial line. They get a little further down the road, and um, I think I think Roy's the one that has the idea. And he's like, wait a minute, I, I saw something. This might work. So they go back into town, and they find the cart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I jumped ahead. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. That, it's fine. And so um, they go back into town, they find the cart, and they start doing some work on it. The first group meets up with the element. Okay, well, the first off, the first group talks about the uh, the wolves. They're like, they should be hard to deal with, except for the fact that the draw distance in a video game on this one is not that far. So literally, you should be able to see the wolf coming from miles away. But it just kind of appears a little ways off because it's that poorly programmed. <laughs> so they're dealing with that, and they end up finding the elemental. And the elemental is basically just this big sand creature, and it starts chasing Philip around, and it breaks his arm, unfortunately. They end up running around, and then get it into a puddle, and it turns into muck, and then it's they basically defeat it at this point. But Philip's got a broke arm, and they're like, okay, well, this kind of really sucks. They keep pushing forward. Second group, on the other hand, has modified a cart, and it's at this point that they've started working together. And so Roy, being an engineer, has figured out how to, uh, you know, kind of make it a little more sturdy or whatever. And they figured out a braking system on it, and they figured out a way to kind of steer it. And so they're basically kind of, it says they're only going 20, 25 miles per hour maybe at the maximum. But in an open-air cart, that would still be kind of scary. 
So they 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 take off in this cart. Um, let's see here. Uh, first group meets up with the element. Okay, second group. First group uh, makes their way down. Uh, and they're okay. So they get to. They finally get to the uh, uh, chasm of certain doom. Uh, and there's some conversation about that. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to make it way, their way down this chasm, holding the freaking blade, because they can't just throw it down there. And they're attacked by cliff wolves. And these are the best wolves, because these <laughs> wolves literally appear out of nothing and just fall to their deaths. <laughs> and, of course, they laugh the entire way, because they're like a normal... They're like, it would have been sad and made us feel bad if we heard the wolf like whining as it was falling to its death but it's literally just yeah (laughs) 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 exactly it's it's so poorly written um the first group has to get off the cart because the the hills have, have quit they're in the sand they find the sand elemental uh they manage to run it through the same little swampy area and then they get an idea, and it's at this point that Roy comes up with a way to basically uh, create a uh, panel on the back of it. Um, I think Britt, no, Gwen is not sure about this shit at all. She's like, I don't know about this, guys. This sounds like a really stupid idea. And Britt's actually on on Roy's side. She's like, he's an engineer. He worked on the freaking Blackbird. I trust his, I, I trust his opinion on this. And um, she came up with the idea for the breaks, and he's like, and I trust her on the breaks, and she's like, I, I liked it better when you two were fighting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so th- of course, poor poor Martin has to pull the the elemental, but the elemental follows them. They all get in the car, and the elemental pushes them along the way. The first group gets down to the bottom of the chasm. They're basically kind of like taking a break. It's nighttime, and the chasm is filled with a river of lava. To which Tyler, of course, points out, number one, lava doesn't flow that way. Number two, it wouldn't even cut a chasm. It would keep adding rock. (laughs) This is the stupidest shit ever. Scientifically inaccurate. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Um, So they they all fall asleep, and all of a sudden, something falls out of nowhere and into the lava, and it all wakes them up. Flashback to the second group. Uh, they basically all have to hop off of the cart as the elemental pushes it over into the chasm and follows it in. Um, the first group sees the elemental and is like, wow, that stupid thing, you know, followed us all the way here. What's, what's the chances of that? And they're like, where the fuck did the cart come from? And it's at that point, <laughs> Gary's like, oh yeah, the cart back. Oh, and they're, <laughs> they're almost about to beat him to death. And he's like, it wouldn't have worked guys. Cause it was an ox cart. We didn't have an ox. And they're just like, God, you are fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and I love the fact. didn't speak up. <laughs> yes. I love the fact that Martin, like, basically barely is hanging off to the cliff, onto the cliff, pulls his way back up, and the first thing he says is, I am Tiberius. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. I am James Tiberius Kirk. Um, so anyway, so the first group picks up the, the Mobius blade, makes their, makes their way to a, uh, to this area they're supposed to be. Oh, so that's something we forgot about. So they've been passing a pen and, and paper back and forth oh, to yeah. each other, trying yeah. to come up with a plan. And basically, when it gets to uh, Jimmy, he uses up like all of the paper, going through this elaborate explanation. And the best thing he can come up with is, whatever Todd says to do, don't do that. And they're just like, great, great plan, dude. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, so they end up getting to where they're supposed to take the Mobius blade. There's this 
light shining down, and they basically chunk it over to where it's supposed to be. The ground opens up below them, and they fall in, and it's this basically half dome of pure white, and Todd's in there, and he's over in this little corner, and it's like wood paneling. It looks like, it sounds like the worst fucking room ever. (laughs) He's over in this thing, and he's like, hey guys, I'll be with you in just a second, and then appears over next to them with with uh, with a tablet. And um, basically does his first trick back to them again. So he basically uh, locks all of them together or, you know, uh, basically has them, you know, walk toward they can't move. They can't speak unless they unless he allows them to. Uh, and there are several funny scenes where he's he's uh, di- uh, monologuing, you know, uh, as they'd say in The Incredibles. He's monologuing and ask them a question. Of course, they can't say anything, so he has to unlock them. And then they all, you know, start kind of, you know, trash talking or whatever. And then he pulls the Mobius blade in. And starts uh, and starts it on Fuku's pendulum, which it basically keeps going back and forth. And there's a whole explanation of this, uh, which was funny in itself. But it ends up cutting off, uh, um, um, Gary. yeah, Gary's foot. And they're all freaked out. And he's like, "Listen, you know, uh, I'm just basically going to kind of let y'all just sit and chill, and then it's going to slowly carve you up like lunch meat, and you're all going to bleed out and die." Um, and uh, uh, Gary's gonna be bleed, first, right? Don't they? No, yeah, they're, don't well, they bleed. He was bleeding, but he he cut off the circulation so he yeah. wouldn't bleed to death first. So yeah. yeah. Um, and it's at this point, all of a sudden, he gets hit in the head by something, and turns around. Flashback to the second group. Uh, they fall. They followed him in. They saw what was going on. I love this conversation of, um, there's this hole. What are we going to do? Well, we need to figure out what's going on with it. Um. Well, let's not do anything stupid like stick our head down into it, like Martin's doing right now. <laughs> and Martin's, and Mar- <laughs> Martin's already done it, and he's like, "There are four guys down there, and there's a fifth guy, but I don't think it's, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, uh, uh, uh what's his name? I, 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 you know, uh, and and it looks like Gary's missing a foot. Like it's weird. So they're like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" So they all said, <laughs> the three adults, the the Britt and Gwen and 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 uh, Roy are trying to figure out what they're going to do, and they're just like, I don't know, I don't know. There's what do we do? We're running out of time. Martin, what do we do? <laughs> and he's like, right, we're gonna jump down in the hole and we're gonna figure it out. And they're like, what? And he's already jumped. Yeah, um, the version. <laughs> exactly. So the plan is, is he throws his shoe, hits Todd in the back of the head, and distracts him while Britt slowly but surely makes her way out and around on the side. Over to the over to the computer to try to unlock him. There's this hilarious scene where while Todd's monologuing, the guys keep looking away from him and pissing him off because they yeah. keep looking at the other group. Yeah. Uh, he just he he sees them, he decides he's going to he's going to try to kill them. He causes the first group to basically become soldiers and to fight the second group, but once again, because it's so poorly programmed, they're very easily dodging it. Except for uh, uh, Philip, who's being taken control of by Todd, and has like a little like thing over his head, like the fucking Sims. Yep. Um, and, and this is I felt so bad for Philip because his arm's broken, broken, and he's just swinging away with a broken arm, forced to do it. Oh, yes. The pain. Uh, yeah, that seemed like that'd be painful. Um, and at uh, it's at this point he realizes that um, I can't remember exactly what happened. I'm kind of going off the seam of my pants here. Um, Britt ends up getting to the computer, and the only one that she can find a way to unlock is Jimmy. And she's like, oh, "Nah, anyone but Jimmy. Anyone but Jimmy." 
but she has to do what she has to do. Yeah. So she unlocks Jimmy. Uh, Todd finds out what's going on, and um, and Jimmy disappears. Jimmy recites a spell and just disappears, and they're like, well, what the fuck spell uh, was that? Doesn't, uh, doesn't Philip say to him, like, don't you screw us? Oh, yeah. Philip says, yeah. don't screw us. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And Jimmy disappears, and they're just like, what? What? I don't know that spell. What's he shouldn't have had that spell. What spell was that? Um, Todd realizes he needs to get up and and like take care of Britt. He turns off the computer and is about to smash her in the head with a tablet when he freezes. And it's at this point uh, Jimmy reappears and Jimmy has him locked up and proceeds in a new suit <laughs> in, in a new suit and a haircut and stuff. And they're like. Where the fuck have you been? He's like, well, I went back and I went to talk to Britt the Elder. And, of course, Britt's like, you know, I hope you better not have heard her. He's like, no, I, I went to her for advice. Like, what what else was I going to do? And they're like, but you had time to get a new suit and a haircut. He's like, well, I was going to go meet with a lady. I didn't want to end up looking like garbage. Like, you got to look respectable. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so he... He uh he he vax he, he medivax uh um uh, Gary out and sends him to uh to 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 see the doctor, and um and starts going on this monologue about what he's going to do with with uh with Todd, and he's like, listen, you know, you obviously aren't getting this. Uh, you came back for us, and everyone else is like, you can't kill him. He's like, no, y'all can't kill him. Ah, but I can. But I can and proceeds to kill Todd and, you know, kind of, you know, messes with everybody. Um, and then he proceeds to say, well, listen, I understand where I now sit with you people. Y'all don't want me here. You can't let me go anywhere else. It's just best for me if I die. And they're like, all right, go ahead. We know you're not really going to do it. Like Philip has this long, drawn out conversation. Go ahead. We're going to track you down because we know you're not really dead. And he Essentially, he he makes it seem like he's dead. Mm-hmm. They Lady talk about Blake later on, him, and there's a little Jimmy uh, tombstone where he. That's right. There's a yeah. Jimmy tombstone appears. Uh, Tyler gets his his powers back, gets everyone back, um, and so um, let's see here. So uh, oh no, okay. So he takes Todd away. He has to bring him back to get the password, so they know exactly what's happened. He kills off. He seemingly kills Todd. Seemingly kills himself. We flash back to the beginning of the story where um, um, Jeff is falling, and they overclock his brain to slow him down, and basically throw a dummy in there so that Todd would see the dummy fall. They pull out. Um, they pull out uh, uh, Jeff, and he's like, "So how long has it been?" It's like, oh, "It's been about three months." <laughs> we wanted to make sure he got it right, and they're like. <laughs> So, so what all's happened? And, and Martin's like, you know, Gwen moved in with me and it's awesome. And, uh, Gary's like, I have a robot foot. <laughs> which he can change to whatever he wants. Which he can change to a dragon foot or a skeleton foot. And he's like, I like the, I like the skeleton foot or the uh, robot foot because I'll take, I'll take what looks like human skulls and I'll crush them. And he's like, Oh, like Terminator. That's awesome. <laughs> I like the fact that it also oh points God. out that. <laughs> <laughs> that their robes now look different because most of their robes were messed up. So, like, uh, uh, Philip's robe has a little bit of fur somewhere on it. And, like, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so they go back. Uh, everyone seems happy to uh, seeing, you know, um, everything seems to be pretty well. And then we go back to the future. 
and it's sitting in Rio, I believe. We're sitting in Rio, and Todd's there with Jimmy, and Jimmy's like, listen, um, you know, I'm trying to become the best person I can be. I can tell you what, you know, uh, past Jimmy would have done with you, and I can tell you what future Jimmy wants to be able to do with you, but i got to figure out what present Jimmy's going to do. And he's like, well, I don't know what it is. And you can tell Todd is just not getting it. Todd does... He does not understand. He's just not capable of understanding this. And Jimmy kills him. And I think this one's for real. I think this is I, it. I think he is deleted completely. Yes. Gone. Um, and that's where we end off with the third book. So, um, thoughts. Uh, start with... Start with... Uh... <laughs> Go on, Ray. You know you want to. <laughs> Um, so about partway through, this was probably my least favorite book. Okay. And then by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, it's at least a continuation of the story, which I'm fine with. Uh, It did flesh out some characters that I really enjoyed. I'd like to see more of Tyler, but you know, uh, you don't really get a lot of him in the next one. Um, not to get any spoilery or anything like that. Um, it was it was an interesting story. I am really interested where they go with Jimmy, and I know that like where we're at with that, and I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know this. This one was a, it was a struggle to get through because of how slow it was at times, and that was the only part. Because there was there were times where I was like, okay. I get it, it's repetitive. Uh, yep, let's go. So that's what I mean. Like, you know, Todd was even torturing us with how bad his his game was written. So. Right. Uh, Chris, thoughts? Um, I I liked it because it it was just a, completing more of the story, more of the world, and that the universe that um, the the book is created in. And I liked that. It just, yeah, I don't like quest games and it just it, it, for me because we were listening to it there were whole chunks where I just was not listening and I'm like wait a minute what happened what what I had to go back and explain it to her like, or, a, yeah, like was... sometimes it was far enough back so I'm like we're, we're not there yet and the we kids missed a whole like, chapter the kids <laughs> are like yeah mom we're gonna listen to this because I had totally stopped paying attention and I was yeah. just totally zoned out because it was it got a little bit bogged down for me but um I, yeah, I'm glad they fleshed out some of the the characters. I still don't understand why Martin and Gwen are together. That it that, that that's it, yeah. more on Gwen than him. Though, I know, anyway, but I, I, I don't. I don't get it. Anyways, but it was good overall. Do you think Gwen should end up? With, do you think Gwen should find someone better? Is that what your problem is, or do you think they're just incompatible? I think Martin should, show, I think Martin so should find deserve somebody, somebody better. I than... think because Gwen's got a lot of hang-ups, and she's for whatever reason either she's scared or she just doesn't really want a relationship. Maybe she thinks she's just supposed to, and, and he's she doesn't want to talk about any of it. And she doesn't want to talk about anything. So I think Martin is really excited about her, and she's just not as excited about him. I, yeah, I I can see that. I can. Yeah. Um, Mandy, thoughts? Um, I liked um, Jimmy, the way Jimmy was developed in this book. Mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of his book. Um, 
and he's uh, he's an interesting villain and he's not really a villain todd's the villain but so you see kind of like two different versions of evil like jimmy accidentally killed people you know todd clearly enjoyed it yeah. um so I, I i really like jimmy now and i feel like i'm kind of betraying philip at this point because jimmy was the interesting one for me in this book um so I yeah I hope he comes back. It kind of sounds like he will. So um, I'm, I'm happy about that. I was um, a little tortured, like when the second group decided not to do the whole thing with the blacksmith. I was like, oh thank God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything they went through, we had to go through twice, and I'm just like, okay, come on. Um, but maybe if I were more of a video game player, I would I would appreciate all the little jokes in there a little more. But. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 after the first time it's like yeah okay we get it <laughs> what about you Jen yeah pretty much what everyone else said I enjoyed it for what it was it was a good uh, look at the other characters but it's kind of a weird direction for this, the overall series to go yeah yeah, yeah. I, I did think it was interesting that he uh, that Todd was able to take their I want to call them avatars, but they're they're sprites or whatever you want to call them, and put them into a video game. I thought that was very interesting. It wasn't really talked about very much. Yeah. Uh, that this world that he created for them was essentially a video game. So I thought that was... Well, when you picture it, do you picture it looking like a video game, or did you picture it looking like real life? I pictured it looking like real life. <clears throat> um, no, because they even said that the... Well, I don't know. I pictured parts of it being more like a video game, especially how things... I pictured them things... looking like real life, but everything else looking like, sort of like a pixelated Yeah, like a, a well-done one by uh, by somebody that's an amateur because he's... Yeah. I think they even described that somewhere, where it, it looks like it was done by college students because they're trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they've done the best that they can, but they're not that's great at it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, you know, it's... So that's what I, what I mean, where it kind of looks like a video game to me, and I thought that was a really interesting take on it, where, but it wasn't really discussed much. Mm-hmm. But they were actually removed from where they Real were. Real life and into this, yeah. Because did, didn't they even open up that they were trying to find them, like in the map or something like that? Or Oh yeah, he's like, their coordinates don't make sense. Yeah, like, they're not... They they're not even on any coordinate that we have. Yeah. So technically, Todd's created a whole section outside of the no universe the universe and that's where they were and i thought that was really interesting um i'll be honest i love this one and it's probably because like i said i like role-playing type games i don't play hardly any of them though because i get so sucked into them i do like the fact that it was torturous but and I, i think one of the reasons it made sense to skip the um the uh, um, the second part of the quest where they had to to make the sword because there was not a second way to do that they had to go through that step by step and having to listen to that that would have been torturous the reason why I don't feel the first part of the quest was torturous was because we got two different ways we the first group went through as a stealth mission which was funny in itself and then the second ver- you know the second group had to fight their way through which was you know inter- entertaining in itself. Um, but yeah, if if we had to do that second part again, that would have been pretty torturous. So yeah. Um, 
like I said before, I like the fact that we we flesh out some of the other characters that we didn't get a lot of in some of the other books. Like we we have a description of what Tyler's like and what Jeff is like. Um, we didn't get a lot of Jeff in this one, but you know we kind of have an idea. Uh, spoilers: we get more about him in the next one. Um, but I like the fa- the fact that um, um, uh, Scott Meyer is. It seems like in the books he's kind of focusing on some of the characters that he's got, and he's giving them more of a spotlight as we go through some of these different books. Um, I've already read the 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 newest one, the fifth one, um, and that still is kind of the case. We still kind of pick certain characters, and they get a little bit more of a spotlight than they do in, in the previous book. So we we get a little more w- well-rounded character. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, I, I really liked this one. Um, uh, I was really excited to get to the next one, and uh, I read this one right before the fourth one came out, so I was able to pretty much go right into it, which I loved. Uh, once I finished the fourth one, though, I had I had the long wait until <laughs> the last one that just recently came out, and I'm just like, oh, this sucks. Do we know how many he's going to do? Um, no, I don't. I don't think he said anything about how many he's going to do. I, I know he has talked about doing sequels to some of his other books. Um uh, the authorities, which was another book that he did, I'd really like to see see a sequel to it. I don't know if I want to see a sequel to it enough that I want him to put off the next one in this series. You know, it's hard. It's <laughs> yeah. especially when you have a writer that has more than one series. You want to keep seeing one series go, but you also want to play in this other universe from time to time. So um, it's just like just keep writing, just write all the time. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, that's it for our discussion on uh, oh. on oh one. So the the only thing that I was going to say is, I this one in particular I, I, again just uh, reiterated that we need this to be a, a series. This can't be a movie. This has to be a series. Uh, I'd love to see it come to a Netflix or an HBO, and I think like all the materials there, and they would just have to do season one is book one, season two is book two. Yes, exactly. And it is there for them to do it. And if you cast it well, it would I think it would be a killer killer series. It'd be an excellent series to follow up Game of Thrones, especially because it's yeah. it, it it's still it's still, you know, a medieval setting for the most part, but it you know, it's instead of being super style. dark, it's exactly it's humorous, it'd be lighthearted. Um I think a lot of people would really enjoy it, so Because yeah. you don't even have to be a real techie person to love it because it is even though they are using technology to do the magic essentially they're just doing magic i mean yeah yeah, it's just got a techie background to it so um our next book for next month is book four fight and flight uh so we'll be reading and and discussing that one and then after that will be the fifth book that just came out which was uh out of spite out of mind um so we're just going to keep burning through these because it's a good series and we decided that's what we're gonna do uh (laughs) What else have you been reading? Uh, uh, well, has anyone else been reading anything? I have. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have. What have you been reading, Jen? Um, Last Child in the Woods, a book about nature deficit disorder in children. Surprise. Okay. An environmental book. But, yeah, it's, okay. it's about how every generation kids get less and less exposure to nature and what that means for development as well as society as a whole and the planet and it was pretty interesting okay yeah you've got so, kids you know it's worth a read just because some of it's a little like 
extreme, but but it does talk about you know the scientific benefits and behaviors and the things that you know um, just being outside and seeing how the world works and where your food comes from and all that stuff you know does for for kids. Chris and Ray are you know I'm sure you too, but you know. Yeah, I like taking my boys out to go do stuff and, and introducing me to the stuff. It's they just drive mommy and daddy crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, which which Chris and Ray, we still need to have that discussion. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the only thing, honestly, I have started rereading the Dark Tower series. Um, I haven't read it in a year, you know, a couple of years or whatever. So I'm going back and rereading that. But uh, the big thing is, is you know, the fifth book came out and I read it and. I'm dying for someone else to get to this point because I have. We're, we're gonna try and get through it. I think uh, we're in like chapter ten now. Yeah, we're we'll. As soon as we're done, we'll send oh, you a yes. message. Okay, because I'm gonna have to discuss this one. Um, I I would really like to wait until. Until the episode where we do it, but I don't think I can. <laughs> At least Charlie, I'm I'm trying. So I started uh, listening to this series because I usually don't listen to, to fiction, but I listened to it because I had Kindle Unlimited and they had the Audible version free. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I was like, oh, this is amazing. His voice is just, I couldn't imagine reading this book any other way. Yeah. Um, but I got to the fourth book, and which I haven't read yet because it wasn't on Kindle Unlimited. And I was like, well, I'm going to wait until it gets on that. I don't want to pay, you know, use a credit. And then... It finally did, but now the fifth book's not going to be, and I'm not going to be able to wait. I'm sure. So, I, I, I don't want to give anything away, but I, I really want to hear your opinions on what happens in the fifth book. Mandy, are you listening or reading? Listening. Okay. So, I, I love this series for listening. Like this is, for anybody that's going to get into audiobooks, and that's something like I, I had this conversation at work with one of the girls I work with. Uh, she she's a big time reader. She reads books on, on books every week. It, uh, so anyway, she asked about the audiobooks, and I said, "Listen, because uh, she read the first book, she didn't she didn't listen to it." And I said, "If you get a chance, at least listen to the, the second book, uh, or re-listen to the first book because it it just gives it another layer, and and it's uh, just because of his." His the voice of, work is so good. Oh, oh he's amazing. It's yeah. fantastic. Anyway, yeah. That's... To the to the point, going back to my wish that this was a, a TV series. Gonna be if it happens, I'm oh. gonna be ecstatic. But if the voices aren't even a little bit like no. the version that we got, <laughs> I'm gonna be a little bit. No. I'm gonna be a little disappointed. I'm gonna be honest. That's not how Philip sounds. That's not how Philip sounds. You've got You're it in not, your head now. No. You're not Philip. <laughs> what Philip man? What the fuck? Um, that being said, if you could get him to maybe like narrate it or something, well, like not even voiceover na- or something. No, well, I was gonna say if you go to like a um, a cartoon style or something like that, like a Big Mouth, <laughs> right? Big Mouth style cartoon, and have oh, him. Do I would it totally watch this as a cartoon too. <laughs> Just Daniels doesn't have enough going on. He has to like voice <laughs> the entire cartoon series. Just him though. He's the only one. Like, I a still Mel watch Blanc. it. Like a Mel Blanc. <laughs> I still watch it. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, buddy, come on,
Well, that is it for our episode on uh, on this book. Like I said, our next one we're going to be doing is uh, Fight and Flight. Um, where can we find? Oh, you can find the show at epicallygeeky.com. You can, of course, find us online at Epically Geeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, the next show will record pretty much at the beginning of the month uh, for next month. And, um, boy, that, that's going to be a tough month, but we're going to get it done, right, Jen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yay. Um, but uh, where can we find you online, Ray? Uh, Lake Life Artist on Instagram is pretty pretty much the only one uh i i'm posting uh sunsets from our our view of the world so that's pretty much the only thing i've been posting lately uh and then of course here uh on marginally geeky and then epically geeky as well chris where can we find you online uh here and then on epically geeky and on instagram at cedar birch cottage uh jen where can we find you online uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Pets Gonna Be Me. Still love it. Mandy, where can we find you online? Mandy Joe Shelton at Twitter. And you can find my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 